All right. Welcome in. It's a new week, a Monday edition of the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN Radio. You can find us at 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and we're always online at SEMO ESPN Com. Eric Sean, the uh, Missouri Sports Hall of Famer Jess Bolin, will join us a little bit later on in the show. We've got special guests in studio this morning. And then, of course, it's a Monday Marty party. Marty Michau going to join us a little bit later on in the show. Get Marty's thoughts on the goings-on. Uh, we have one more basketball coaches show today. Uh, and it is in Dexter at Wings, etc. So our basketball show in Dexter today. We'll chew it over with uh, Coach Brad Korn. Red Hawks still alive. They're on life support, but they're still alive for an opportunity to get to the OVC tournament and the number eight seed. But today is SEMO Ball Awards Nominations Day. And when that happens, it means that, uh, okay, Lucas Presson, again, uh, you are. Is your title ever changing? Is it the same title? Are you the you're the master of all things uh, Rust Media. It's whatever needs to be done. Assistant publisher and general manager, Southeast Missouri. There yes, we go. Sir. You okay. got it. Assistant publisher and general manager. Do you prefer one or the other? It's general what, manager sounds like more of a big wig. They, it's it's whatever needs done on a on a given day. You know, it's a Mike. <laughs> Mike Rennick is the general manager here, and he is definitely in the big wig category. Yeah, Mike, Mike's a good guy. He's a good guy, yes. All right, so uh, here are the details. Uh, if you do not know, the SEMO Ball Awards, it's going to take place July 12th of 2024, right yes. back in LaCroix Church and can you believe it's going to be year number eleven? Yeah, hard to believe, man. This is just such a fun event. One of the one of the really cool things we get to do each year, and uh, boy, we're we're thrilled to kick off year eleven. It, it starts, uh, really, I mean, it started several months ago in in planning and preparation, but uh, really kind of a kickoff today with uh, the selection show and, and kicking off the fall finalist. Um, and it just it goes fast from here. We can go fall and winter sports and spring sports and top awards and. Uh, so the event will be here before you know it. Um, but uh, so many people think of it as the event itself. And sure, the event is is the big, big deal. Uh, but, man, it's really a, a multi-month deal of recognizing the top student athletes in southeast Missouri. And it's just so fun to see uh, how impressive some of these young uh, men and women are in the region. Now, I will have to say this. For the red carpet and the awards itself and, uh, you know, obviously the heavy hors d'oeuvres, and we will get specific, by the way, on the heavy hors d'oeuvres. Hang on for that. Uh, One thing I I do say, as a member of the male gender, uh, I see all of the ladies coming out in their terrific dresses, and I'm sure they buy dresses specifically for the award ceremony, and then we got a lot of guys, polo shirt shorts. Guys, we got to pick it up. You know, it's, it's We've really a range. It it's, it's, uh, you, know, you got some guys that will do the polo shirt thing and khakis, then there's some guys that, that do the suits yeah. and the bow ties. and There, there I mean, are some. They'll, I, I, think we need, I think we need more. That's so, all I'm saying. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, 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 you know, elevating the game and uh, – 
as the kids say, the drip. And, and uh, so, I don't know. Does that make me sound old to wow, say that? I, uh, no, but, it uh, makes you sound hip. It makes i tell you what. Yeah. I don't know. That, yeah. Maybe I need to uh, elevate the drip this year or something. Maybe we'll, so, we'll as, as fellow members of uh, the male gender, That's right. uh, one thing I can say specifically is that Lucas Presson will never be at SEMA Ball Awards without a necktie. That's right. That's right. We always always have the necktie, always have the suit going on, and so you gotta you gotta uh, do it upright. If you're gonna do it, you go all out, right? But you know, we really have the range, um, and uh, uh, but folks really look nice for it, and they they make it a big deal. You know, even the year that that uh, we were outdoors, uh, the COVID year, uh, which I think we're all trying to forget, but we we did the one year outdoors and at the rock at, rock at the rock drive, drive in. We were trying to get back to some semblance of normalcy and get people back together and so we did it outdoors and and uh um still had the girls show up in dresses that night you know and so still trying to carry on the the idea of dressing up and and so uh then it rained and at the very end it uh, rained yes, right at yeah. the end right at yeah, the end yeah. yeah so now we're we're back indoors and 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 doing it upright with the red carpet indoors and uh the lights and the sound and um you know there's always a big opening act we've had live dance to kick off the show we've had uh a jimmy hendrix style of the national anthem uh we've had big video i mean so i mean each year there's some sort of epic opening to the show um we really try to make this kind of an sb style nfl honor style award show uh for high school athletes and it really is a show unlike anything else this is not going to your high school cafetorium and getting a plaque you know and nothing wrong with that but we really try to make this something special that you will always remember. Like I was a SEMA Ball Awards finalist. That's a pretty cool thing, you know. And what does that mean? Well, I mean, it means that you were one of the top 200 student athletes in Southeast Missouri, either for your sport, which is either your top five sport, top five athletes, or top ten athletes in a category, or you were uh, in one of the top award categories. So maybe it was for sportsmanship or comeback player of the year. Um, or male or female athlete of the year, the top two awards in the night, or the scholar athlete of the year. Uh, and, and we can talk more about those and what all those different awards mean. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, these are the top 200 student athletes in Southeast Missouri. Not that there aren't some other athletes that are exceptional because there are, and probably some of those athletes that will go on to play beyond college. Um, but we really try to look at this as who are the best of the best in Southeast Missouri from small school a big school across 56 high schools in southeast missouri basically looking from perryville down to the boot hill line over to van buren and everywhere in between um and so it really is a really neat thing that kind of brings all of southeast missouri together so what's interesting is in broadcasting uh college sports i whatever game i'm going to do i make sure that i have either printed out or looked at or have at my disposal bios for every athlete that potentially could compete in the game that we're broadcasting. And several, several athletes over the years, mm. I've got their bios. If they're from Southeast Missouri, like Alexi Rubel uh, playing at UT Martin or, you know, or someone playing at SEMO who is from Southeast Missouri, one thing that I've seen n- multiple times in bios SEMO Ball Award winner, SEMO Ball finalist. They they stick it right in their college bios. That's neat. I'm glad you said that. That's uh, we, I've, we've heard that before of folks that will include that in their bio. Of, uh, same thing with being all state or all region. 
uh, it's become one of those things that that folks look as a as a pinnacle in their career. Um, as you're as you're building your resume as a high school athlete and then going on, um, this is kind of one of those things that hey, I I achieve this, um, and you kind of, it's a, it's a measuring stick of knowing that you were one of the best of the best. Uh, whether you're getting measured by regional coaches like an all state or all region, or you're getting measured by area me- media members that cover the sports. Um, is another measuring stick of who are the best of the best in the region. And uh, so that's neat to hear that, that the athletes consider that um, uh, a point of, of, of a distinction in their careers. Lucas Presson is the general manager of Russ Media. He is in studio. We're talking about the 11th annual SEMO Ball Awards, LaCroix Church, July 12th. And as far as the awards ceremony goes... Uh, you have an opportunity to get there a little bit early. The red carpet, for anybody that has not been there, they understand the term red carpet if they've watched the Grammys, yeah. if they have watched the Academy Awards. But there is a full-fledged red carpet for these athletes and their families at the SEMO Ball Awards. Yeah, so it's a red carpet. There's a red carpet, actually, that, that, that folks will walk down, the athletes, their families. They can get photos on it. Uh, we do a red carpet radio show. So SEMO ESPN is there. Usually Rusty's on hand hosting the, the red carpet pre-radio show where we'll interview some athletes and some folks that are involved. Usually the Lifetime Achievement Award recipient uh, we'll talk to, and we'll broadcast that live on the radio, but also at the venue itself. Um, we'll have the heavier d'oeuvres that's going on. Uh, we've added added some things last year. Last year we had a DJ uh, in the lobby that was pumping music. Uh, we had uh, a photo booth uh, going on. So I mean, there's a lot of just pre See, now, Jamie, activities. Jamie, Jamie Phillips is in here, and she was pumping up the photo booth. Oh yeah, a, a little before you got here. It was it's fun. It is a fun thing. I mean, you stand on it. You kind of have the if you've been to events. Uh, in the last couple of years, you've seen the things that kind of circle around you, and and so it's a neat it's a neat experience. Um, and so, I mean, uh, the the even just before the show itself, the pre experience is an experience in of itself. Um, and then you have the athletes that are socializing. You know, a lot of these athletes they've competed against each other. Um, they kind of know each other, but they're they kind of become uh, uh, almost teammate teammates in a sense for the night. There's they're colleagues. And so there's there's a little bit of socialization um, uh, among different athletes that are from competing schools, uh, some that are from the same schools, um, but uh, they're getting to socialize and talk to each other. And uh, so it's it's just a fun night. And uh, then you go on and, and we have the show and it's full on show. Now, there's a lot of awards, but it flies by. It's, it's so much. There's video based. Uh, we go through the finalists. Uh, that's video based, and then you come up and we announce, uh, and our, our MCs for the night will will uh, pull out a card just like the, you would see on the Academy Awards. They pull out a card and they say, and the winner is. Then they, they read the name. The winner comes up on stage. They read about the winner. They get their award. Uh, then they walk them back off stage, and we go to the next, and it just it flies by. Um, and of course, we have the keynote speaker uh, that goes with the event as well. And uh, so it's just it's it's. It's a fun night. It flies by. There's a lot that goes into it, um, but it's it's a lot of impact in a in a short period of time. 
All right, if you'd like to see uh, Lucas's snazzy plaid shirt and he's got the tan <laughs> vest on today, if you've never seen him without a suit and tie, uh, we are broadcasting this show live on the SEMO Ball Facebook Live page. All right, got to check uh, with Jamie Phillips, and she says that is correct. The evolution of the SEMO Ball Awards, 2014 Year One Show Me Center. Yeah. Yeah. After that, for several years, Bedell Auditorium, River Campus, and what year is this for LaCroix Church hosting the SEMA Ball Awards? This is year three. Okay. Uh, at LaCroix. And uh, so, yeah, so we've we've certainly had some different iterations of kind of what the show looked like. Um, and, uh, and, but, you know, we love, we love kind of where we are right now and, and the, the flow of the event, uh, the theater style. Uh, that the LaCroix venue works with. Um, and so that has worked really well. Of course, the lights and the sound are incredible. And uh, so that just, it really plays for uh, what the event, the show itself is. And um, and for the number of people, uh, it holds close to a thousand, I believe. And, and we're, we're usually between 800 and a thousand people uh, at the event. And so uh, the the venue has just been been great. Uh, for what the event is. All right, the important questions, and by the way, uh, Clay Harrell is going to join us. He's got yeah. all of the nominees. We'll uh, debut those coming up. Clay Harrell, who partners with Rusty Hendricks, Saturdays at 9 here on SEMO ESPN for the SEMO Scramble. Uh, the uh, the big question is, we need more details about the heavy hors d'oeuvres, which will be served <laughs> at the award show. Uh, well, I can tell you, it will be uh, it will be incredible. We always have great food each year. I agree. Uh, and uh, you know what what I call heavier hors d'oeuvres, I think most of us in Southeast Missouri call dinner. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of folks that come, and it's it's frankly it's it's enough for a meal for the night. If you um, walk out of the awards hungry, it's your fault. It's your fault. Yeah. There's plenty of food for the night, um, but then there's other folks that uh, they may be from elsewhere, not from the Cape Jackson area, um, and they don't get to Cape quite as often. So maybe they come to Cape and they do dinner beforehand, um, and then they come to uh, the Semo Ball Awards and and um they're they're looking for something just a little lighter um but they want to make just a whole day of it um there's some that do that as well and so uh but there's plenty of food plenty of uh of beverages uh to drink and so uh we have always have a great great lineup of food uh for the night uh and desserts and so forth and so it's it's a it's a really fun deal and and great food great experience um and just a really really fun deal so it gets underway at 7 o'clock July 12th, and the red carpet and the aforementioned heavy hors d'oeuvres, 530. Uh, if people want to get tickets and there are VIP opportunities yep. available, which is a, a little bit of a step above, uh, give us some details. Yeah, so you can go to semoball.com slash awards. Uh, and there'll be information there about tickets and how to purchase tickets. Uh, we typically have uh, invitations uh, that will go out to uh, the athletes as well uh, with information on how they can get a discounted uh, ticket for family members. Uh, now, all the athletes uh, can reserve a free ticket. So every athlete that's a finalist, they, they can reserve a free ticket to the event. Uh, and then they'll also have the opportunity to purchase up to two discounted tickets 
And then, of course, beyond that, you can purchase as many tickets as you want, uh, as long as as long as uh, uh, tickets are available. Um, and then the VIP tickets, they get you the preferred seating of the night. Now, all the athletes will be they all sit in a group uh, at the very at the very uh, uh, front of the auditorium. Uh, we get athletes close to the stage so they can get to the uh, stage to receive their award. Um, and then uh, the VIP also get preferred seating. Uh, close to the stage and uh, it's reserved seating um, and so that's it's the best seating in the house uh, so that's one advantage the other advantage for VIP is you get access to a private meet and greet with our keynote speaker uh, before the event and so a lot of folks will want to take advantage of that um, and, and you get a cool media VIP credential with an awesome lanyard yeah so you get a, a commemorative lanyard with it um, you get the the meet and greet and um, and so and we'll we'll be announcing more about this year's keynote speaker in the next uh, couple months. Um, but we've had some amazing keynote speakers over the year. Yes, yeah. Um, so starting with Kyle Maynard, a congenital quadruple amputee who's climbed mountains, uh, to Jenny Finch, Olympic gold medalist softball player, uh, Lisa Leslie, uh, WNBA superstar, Mark Schlereth, um, uh, NFL broadcaster, former NFL player. Uh, co- former Cardinals broadcaster Rick Horton uh, has been a speaker. Uh, World Series MVP David Eckstein has, has been one of our speakers. Um, uh, last year, uh, we had a Kansas City Chiefs mascot, which people kind of think, why did you bring a mascot in? Da- uh, Dan Mears. I, I may have had more compliments on Dan Mears than any of the speakers we've ever had. Dan Mears had an incredible story. Um, and maybe one of our best, we've had some great speakers, but Dan Mears was amazing. Just an incredible speaker, uh, with, with great impact. And, um, so just some of our speakers that we've had over the years and, uh, and keep in mind, Dan Mears has as many Super Bowl championships as Patrick Mahomes does. That's I, right. I just need to throw that's that right. out there. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we, we look for speakers obviously that will, that have some level of, of recognition, um, that people might know, but we really look for, you know, the, the event is about recognizing the athletes. The speaker is the opportunity to inspire, to leave some level of impact. And so we look for speakers that will, that will um, have a story to tell, um, that have some message of inspiration. And, um, and so that is, that's kind of a guiding principle for us as we're, as we're looking at different speakers. And so we're, we're working through that for this year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Some of the speakers that we've had and, and the messages they've been able to share, uh, and, uh, always, always a memorable part of the night. So VIP gets access to be able to meet with the speaker beforehand, uh, and, um, uh, get a photo, uh, with the speaker as well. And so that's autograph, all, that's probably. all our autograph. I see. So, we still have yeah. our David Eckstein, SEMO ball, glossy photo here yeah. that he signed. We've got it right here in our studio. So. Yeah. I mean, you think about some of the speaker, I mean, Eckstein, he brought his world series ring and I mean, he was letting people try on his world series ring. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Some of the stuff that speakers have, have done in the past that just been, uh, not only good speakers, but they're, uh, they've been gracious people and just really good to work with um and and kind and so that's been that's been a blessing uh over the, over the years as well so um so we're excited about that that's that's gonna be part of this year as well and so um a lot of good stuff a lot of good stuff i think people are going to enjoy it uh it's it is certainly a uh a, a a memorable experience 
uh, not only for the athletes, for the parents. Uh, I had a parent come up to me one year and they told me, they said, I have been here. I think this might've been like year nine. Uh, and it said, I've been to every single SEMA ball awards that you all have done. I've had an, I've had a son or daughter that's been a finalist all the way, all the way through. She said, this is my last year, my last kid. I'm getting chills actually thinking about it now. Um, and so this is my last year to have a, of a, a kid that's gone through it and she's graduating this year. Um, and said, thank you for doing this. This has been really meaningful for our family. And this is, uh, an, an opportunity that we've been able to kind of celebrate their high school career and their athletic pursuits. Um, and this caps off just a really great experience for us. And, um, so that's, it's neat to hear those stories Good from, story. from families yeah. and, and the, the impact that that leaves for them as well. So. All right. It's going to be July 12th. We'll have 28 awards. Yeah. And when you have booked your keynote speaker, I know you always make an announcement with that. Uh, and one of the other highlights of the night, in addition to the awards, is the announcement of the Lifetime Achievement yeah. Award winner. And I'm sure that announcement will be forthcoming. Oh, yeah. That, that will come out. Uh, and, you know, folks can still, you know, we, we're obviously we're announcing fall finalists today. I think it probably is helpful for people to know how does how does that all come about, whether it's lifetime achievement or finalist. Um, anybody can nominate somebody. Now, the 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 finalists are selected by the group of, of uh, sports editors from the different newspapers in southeast Missouri. So that's southeast Missourian, uh, Standard Democrat in Sykeson, Dexter Statesman, Daily American Public and Popper Bluff and Delta Dunklin Democrat in Kennett. Um, and so they're looking at kind of the best of the best throughout the region. Um, but anybody can nominate somebody and, and su suggest somebody uh, for, for their consideration. And the same goes for the lifetime achievement. If someone wants to submit, hey, you might think about this coach, this athletic director, this referee who's done 50 years in, in officiating, you know, somebody who's made an impact over the years, those are always welcome. And, and they'll consider names and so forth. Um, but if folks kind of wonder, well, how are, how are people chosen? That's how they're chosen. The, the sports committee will look at it. Um, and, uh, and again, anybody can submit names. Now, scholar athlete is handled a little bit differently. Uh, each school has the opportunity to put forth their top male and female scholar athlete of the year. And those two individuals are automatically considered finalists. Uh, and so that's how the scholar athlete is, is considered. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we really try to look from a regional perspective, um, over who's, who's the best of the best. And then, um, then the sports panel will, will take a consideration of looking at, at everybody as well. But yeah, lifetime achievement award recipient, uh, man, we've had some, had some good ones over the years. I always think back, um, to, uh, to Terry, Terry kitchen, kitchen. Yeah. man, what a, what a speech that was. And we, you know, that one is, is online right now. If, if folks want to go back and look at that one, you can see it at SC Missourian dot com slash kitchen um after he passed away we we shared that one online and uh, um but um but yeah we've had some really amazing folks over the years that have um, made an impact in the lives of student athletes in various ways they've been a long time ad or uh, uh, a significant coach that's won multiple championships um and so uh, you know these are folks that dedicate a good portion of their life to high school athletics 
and but it's as we all know it's it's more than just what's on the on the field or court uh you're you're touching lives in different ways so we've got the uh finalists we're going to announce that with uh, clay harrell coming up it's lucas Presson, general manager of russ media uh, what else do we need to know why we have you here in studio? Yeah, just a special thanks to our sponsors that make this possible. Uh, I mean, this this event takes a lot of effort by uh, a staff that puts in time on it, resources into the event, uh, and it's not possible without the, the sponsors behind it. And that starts with uh, Mercy Hospital Southeast, um, formerly Southeast Health. They've been with us from the very beginning, but Mercy Hospital Southeast is, is with us as our presenting sponsor. Our official bank sponsor, the Bank of Missouri, um, as well as title sponsor, CMO ESPN, the St. Louis Cardinals, and uh, all of our local newspapers involved as well. Uh, we also have some other sponsors uh, that are sponsoring individual sport levels. And, uh, and again, if, if you're part of an organization, company, or other organization that would like to be part of this, reach out to us. Um, we'd love for you to be part of it as well. And, you know, the, the more folks that are part of it, uh, the bigger that we're able to make this event and to, to impact more folks. Um, and, um, it's, it's more than a one night event. This is a multi-month, uh, celebration of high school athletes in, across Southeast Missouri. And, uh, just, it's just a special thanks to all these sponsors that make it possible. Cause it's a, it's a ma- major deal for the region. Um, and, uh, a lot of athletes really appreciate, um, you know, this event and, and everything that goes into it. So thank you to them. All right. LaCroix church, July 12th. And if you would like to get tickets, and you can even see video highlights of all previous 10 SEMO Ball Award ceremonies, just go to SEMOBall.com slash awards, SEMOBall.com slash awards. Did we sir. miss anything? You got it. You got it. It's going to be a fun event. All right. Lucas Presson, General Manager, Russ Communications. Thank you so much, Lucas. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. All right. That is uh, Lucas Presson. Again, uh, if you want tickets or just more information, com slash awards. And we've got the uh, fall finalists coming up right now. Clay Harrell from com will slide in here. You may have to adjust that microphone. You're a little taller than Lucas Presson. How tall are you, Clay? Six two six three ish. It just kind of depends on the day. I think you're taller than six three. I mean, maybe, but I don't like. I, you ever see those videos where people go up to people and they ask them their height, and they're like, "Oh, I'm like six one," and they're like five ten. I don't ever want like I don't want people to be like, "Oh, he's lying about his height." So I'm probably closer to six four. But just in case anybody ever runs up to me with a tape measure, I'm like six two six three. All right, now you co-host the Semo Scramble nine a.m. On Saturdays with Rusty Hendricks, he is not six feet four inches tall. <laughs> no, he's probably more. I'll give him. I'll give him five eight, five nine. It'd be be generous. All right, he'll be texting in uh, <laughs> to tell us that he's five eleven any any minute right. now. Uh, okay, so we've got the uh, finalists here, and let's get them out there so everybody can know just exactly where we sit. Let's start with boys cross country. Boys cross country. I got to get to that page. Here we go. We got from Dexter, Ben Dowdy. From Oak Ridge, Ty Wilson. From St. Vincent, Jackson Unreiner. From Oak Ridge, Brock Hobeck. From Van Buren, Jackson Hauf. From St. Vincent, Carter Henneman. From Dexter, Cameron Bell. From Woodland, Calvin Layton. From Woodland, Reed Layton. And from Jackson, Bryce Gentry. All right. Nice little, uh, nice little situation there for the Layton family. Two of them. So 10 
in this category, most categories are 10. Some of the, the smaller categories are five. So that's boys cross country. How about the girls? For girls cross country, we got uh, from Notre Dame, Lauren Eftink. From Woodland, Faith Rugley. From East Carter, Caitlin Nichols. From East Carter, Aaliyah Miller. From Jackson, Annika Barks. From Woodland, Presley Ridings. From Saxony Lutheran, Myra Roth. From Van Buren, Zia Bean. From Notre Dame, Lily Coy, and from Scott City, Logan Schwitz. Those are the girls' cross-country nominees. Now, uh, one of the biggest sports in southeast Missouri is football. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Football defense. From New Madrid County Central, we got Jason Jones. From Sykes, and we got Detravion Gorman. From Jackson, Reed Landers. From Perryville, Caleb Huber. From Chaffee, Levi McKinney. From St. Vincent, Josh Schwartz. From Dexter, Ryder Williams. From Portageville, Mason Adams. From Poplar Bluff, Logan Height. And from St. Vincent, Drake Robinson. All right, the defensive football stars. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, from Portageville, we got Jamarion Smith. From Cape Central, Keyshawn Boyd. Again from Cape Central, Zaire Thomas. Uh, from Scott City, Mark Panagas. Uh, again from Scott City, Tyson Underwood. From New Madrid County Central, Jadis Jones. From Jackson, Adrian Fox. From East Prairie, Connor Markham. From St. Vincent, Christian Schaff, and from Jackson, Kai Crow. Soccer. Let's start with the uh, with the boys. Yeah, from Notre Dame, we got Diego Shaheen. Uh, again, from Notre Dame, we got Bryce Sides. Uh, from Saxony Lutheran, Luke Egemeyer. From Perryville, Aiden Garris. From Jackson, Aiden McMinn. From Jackson, Braden Thompson. Uh, from Cape Central, Preston Schlichting. From Sykeston, Tristan Wiggins. From Poplar Bluff, Colton Palma. And from Sykeston, P.J. Farmer. So that is boys' soccer. Now, each of these categories have had 10 finalists. Boys' swimming and diving is a little more limited in terms of schools that participate. So we've got five finalists here in boys' swimming and diving. Yeah, starting things here is uh, Thomas Haas from Saxony Lutheran. From Poplar Bluff, Carson Todd. From Notre Dame, Caden Crockcraft. From Cape Central, Phineas Theol. And from Jackson, Wade Lavalle. All right. It is Clay Harrell from SEMO Ball, and we are dwindling down here in our categories. Let's go to girls tennis. So girls tennis has a mix, actually, of some singles, and then there's a couple doubles pairs in there. So starting off, uh, Caitlin Booker from Poplar Bluff is one of the uh, singles nominee. Uh, a duo from Notre Dame, Vita Galati and Suna Mungi. Uh, a duo from Saxony Lutheran, Abby Haley and Maggie Hillen. A uh, single from Kenneth Holcomb is Christy Tejada, and then... Uh, the duo from Kennett and Holcomb, uh, Claire Bean and Hanley McAtee. All right. Congratulations to those girls' tennis finalists. Volleyball. So this, is another, this is another loaded one. When you kind of go through these lists, there are some very, very talented names on here. Uh, starting off with, from Bell City, Madison Gines. From Scott City, Ramsey Spinks. From Malden, Angela Dobbins. From Portageville, Jayla Weddington. From Holcomb, Chloe Hendricks. From Clarkton, Bree Winchester. From St. Vincent, Emerson Pitts. From Jackson, Holland Williams. From Oak Ridge, Reagan Howe. And from Advance, Lexi Hoffman. All right, congratulations to those volleyball finalists. And our final category here, swinging on the uh, on the links, girls golf. So we got from Notre Dame, Grayson Maurer. From Poplar Bluff, Olivia Thetford. From Jackson, Alana Gilbert. From Notre Dame, El Elizabeth Barnett. And from Jackson, Julia Schlitt. All right, there you go. Those are the fall finalists for the SEMO Ball Awards, July 12th at LaCroix Church. And uh, right now, you are immersed uh, 
probably more so, I'm guessing, in basketball because district tournaments, uh, you know, we're we're right down to it. Postseason boys and girls basketball. Yeah, you know, you got you had class one through three districts last week, so now we got I think three teams, uh, SEMA ball teams that are playing in sectionals this week, so we're getting those covered, and then you got four through six districts starting tonight as well. So busy week, and then you got SEMO baseball and basketball and softball and tennis and everything else going on. So it, it seems like it's a kind of revolving door that never stops. Boy, and you guys have multiple people who help follow the uh the southeast missouri state university beat including yourself yeah um i cover a lot of it cole lee covers a lot of it and then justin trevillian as well uh has done a really good job uh, especially on the women's basketball front he's done a really good job and um just getting stories in on time and everything and it's just been yeah it's always enjoyable kind of getting to follow those teams especially because like for me i covered them when i was at the arrow still in school so to still be in the area and be, having the chance to cover some of these teams still has been really fun do you run across Arrow reporters at the game? I do, yeah. I yeah. sit next to them, actually. They're, the way the, the media road uh, is lined up is the Arrow's right next to the Missouri, and so it's still nice to, to see what's going on with the Arrow and just a couple years removed from it, so it's pretty fun. All right, uh, so what is on tap for you this week? This week, let's see. Tonight I'm going over to Saxony. They got Twin Rivers, uh, the girls' basketball, in their sectional matchup. Uh, Wednesday is Notre Dame and Donovan. They don't play each other, but they both are playing in districts at Notre Dame. Uh, Thursday, I got some features I'm working on on Aquan Smart and Dylan Branson. Uh, and then Friday should be, as everything seems to be pointing towards maybe a Notre Dame-Donovan uh, district championship rematch. So uh, should be uh, should be a good one to look forward to. That should be fun. And uh, what did you guys uh, chew over on the scramble, you and you? Rusty Hendricks Saturday. Yeah, we talked to Roy Booker, who runs SEMO Prep, and he's actually the all-time like single-season points-per-game leader at SEMO still. I think it's like 22.6 points a game, maybe. He was uh, with the Red Hawks one year, and he led the OVC in scoring yep. that one year. He's and, out of Portageville. And uh, then we talked to Meredith and Jeremy Brinkmeyer. Saturday, uh, Notre Dame played the Class 3 District Championship game against Charleston. Um, so we talked to them, and then we just talked a lot about, like you said, the District Championships and the District Games that had happened, and then a little bit of Red Hawks, a little bit of Cardinals, and a little bit of Blues. All right. So what did you think of, uh, did you get to see any highlights from uh, the Cardinals' first three spring training games? So that was well, that was Saturday, right, the first one. So that was before I went over to the show. They played Center. a split-squad split game Saturday. They played a game yesterday. So I watched some of the, the one on Saturday, the one against the Marlins. And, you know, I mean, hey, it's spring. It was just nice to have baseball on the TV. And then, like you, we were talking before we came on, the weather out of Capitol Hall the last couple of days has been perfect. Yeah. It's just baseball's here, and I couldn't be happier. I, what's interesting, SEMO plays at Mizzou tomorrow. In Columbia, it is supposed to be 81 degrees tomorrow. Wednesday, it is supposed to top out at 40 degrees <laughs> in Columbia. So you're getting out of there pretty quickly then is what you're saying. Well, overnight tomorrow, it's supposed to be down into the low 30. Or No, no, I'm sorry. It'll be in the 20s overnight after topping out at 80 tomorrow in Columbia. That's crazy. I mean, you can't ask for better baseball weather, though, tomorrow. 80 degrees and, and the end of Fe- – it's to be February tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah, end of February, like, yeah, you can't complain about that. Yeah. Welcome to Missouri. Exactly. Right. You're exactly right. Play good stuff. Thank you so much. And, uh, obviously, we will see you around. We'll, uh, we'll see you at the ballpark. And uh, our thanks to Jamie Phillips. She does a great job here. She's got her iPhone as we were broadcasting on the SEMO Ball Facebook Live page. Thanks also to Lucas Presson again. SEMO Ball Awards, LaCroix Church, July 12th. Uh, the heavy hors d'oeuvres and the red carpet, 530. Red carpet radio show at 6. 
the awards show and the keynote address, 7 p.m., and you can find out all the information. Get your tickets, cmoball.com slash awards. Clay, thanks so much. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. All right, Clay. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer, Jess Boland, Marty Mischow as well. We'll have uh, all three when we return. It's the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN. Man, the SEMO ESPN app. It's the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at com. Don't forget, uh, we've got the final basketball coaches show of the season. Coach Brad Korn will join us, and we will be in the newest Wings Etc. location. We'll be in Dexter today at 12 noon. So we will talk it over with Coach Brad Korn coming up. At 12 noon, uh, we go to the EBOMD Huddle Hotline where both the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer Jess Bolin and the Love Shack Marty Michel are joining us. And uh, guys, how was your weekend? Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, Marty. You get the music and everything, so you might as well be the top dog. I'll sit and wait. Well, it was a great weekend. Yeah, this is big time, man, having uh, two people on the hotline. I didn't know the technology was made for that. but uh, We're state-of-the-art. Weather was nice, and uh, more it's supposed to be nice the next two days. Saw saw a little baseball, some a uh, lot of basketball, and it was just good all-around weekend. Jess? Well, you know how my weekend was. I was doing baseball Friday, basketball Saturday, baseball Sunday, so... I was kind of tied up uh, with you and Clint, and so it was a good weekend. Well, not a good weekend for Seymour Baseball. Uh, they needed at least one more victory in that four-game series, but uh, they, they got a nice win yesterday. And they will be at Mizzou tomorrow. They've moved the start time of that game from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock because they're expecting a high temperature tomorrow in Columbia of 81 Degrees, Jess, if this does not sum up Missouri weather, the high in Columbia tomorrow, 81. The overnight low tomorrow, 22 degrees. What is going on in Columbia? Well, you're getting warm weather that you shouldn't be getting that warm. That's what it boils down to. Maybe maybe if you got days in the low 50s, would be more like it. I don't know why you are getting that warm because but the normal weather around here is cer- certainly not mid 70s or near 80. So it's supposed to be 81 tomorrow in Columbia and then Wednesday 40 degrees the high temperature. So uh that'll be crazy. I wonder how cold it'll be after the game when we're walking out of Taylor Stadium. Hey, I wanted to I I I don't know if either of you guys saw this story, but I have to bring this story up. Okay, Grand Canyon University, guys. SEMO uh, opened their men's basketball season at Grand Canyon. Uh, they've got a terrific basketball program. Their facilities are phenomenal. They've got a really good baseball program as well. Yesterday, they were playing 
Nebraska. Okay? And Grand Canyon was trailing 8-4 to four in the baseball game. Guy at the plate hits a game-tying grand slam for Grand Canyon. And as he's jogging to first base, he's watching the ball. He gets about three-quarters of the way there, and he does a bat flip and circles the bases. And when he gets to home plate, the umpire throws him out of the game because of the bat flip. The man's name is Rogers. The name of the umpire, his name is Jason Rogers. And apparently, back in 2010, he got all bent out of shape and refused to dust off home plate so the pitcher could not see the actual home plate. Uh, so he's got some, uh, some uh, I don't know, curmudgeonness in him. But he throws the kid out for a bat flip on a game-tying grand slam. Jess? Your thoughts on that as we legislate any type of fun out of college baseball? So I get to go first. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. It, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know except what you explained. Uh, if you start throwing people out for the bat flip, well, then, boy, Major League Baseball is in trouble if you go down the line with it because everybody wants their signature bat flip. And, you know, I'm one of those old school guys, but I guess I'm a new school thinker because I I don't mind an athlete feeling good about what he did, and evidently that grand slam did that in the game. No, it was a game tie. They they would end up losing ten to eight, but what it did was it tied the game at eight when he hit the grand slam. Well, no, I I, I think he's wrong by kicking him out. I'll put it that way. Uh, there's a rule in the rule book, you know, that you can kick anybody out if it's a, they're making a travesty of the game. Now, it, I guess that's where his ruling comes in there. He's got a right to kick people out if they're, they're hurting the game of baseball, and I don't see where that really hurts the game that much, and I'm sure it's an unpopular decision with most people. And you can you can find the video. It's all over Twitter. Uh, I think if you just go to Google and, um, you know, just type in, Grand Canyon bat flip ejection. You'll get to see the video. He jogs down toward first base, three quarters of the way there, bat flips, does a normal circling of the bases, and when he gets home, he gets thrown out. Marty, what kind of a Grinch throws a kid out of a game when he hits a game tying grand slam? This is Division One baseball bat flip, you are gone. I agree with Jess and what you guys said. Maybe high school, probably you don't want to see that happening. But uh, as long as he wasn't like the monster really like showing up the other team, like pointing at their dugout. No, but if he, he, just he did in not celebration with you know in the in the moment. Yeah, I, I don't have a cause. But at least they counted the home run. Remember, Eric, several years ago they changed that rule in football. I don't know if they do in the NFL. I think they're in college football. If you're celebrating on the way to a touchdown, they flag you. They don't count the touchdown. Right. I remember several years ago, Seaman up losing the game, a Tennessee State player. You probably remember that. He was on the, you know, wide open, 10, 15 yards from the goal line, you know, was going to score nobody around him. And he was doing some celebration. And they flagged him. They didn't count the touchdown. That could have cost Tennessee State the game. You remember that game, Eric? I do. Yeah, no, they ended up still winning the game by scoring, but man, uh, 
It used to be if you got flagged on the way you still scored, you know, they counted it. But anyway, that's a whole – my point was as long as they don't, you know, throw you out and then they don't even count your home run, that'd be the ultimate bad thing. So, uh, Jess, Marty, we'll start with Jess. SEMO uh, baseball, I don't think anybody thought they would uh, they would only win one of the games with St. Thomas. Uh, but let's give St. Thomas a little credit, especially the top of their batting order, man. They've got some good hitters. Uh, they had a pitcher that recorded 12 strikeouts, started his career at Purdue. Uh, they had some pretty good arms. The second guy, after you had a big, strong right-hander with a good high fastball, they, they – featured a soft-tossing lefty with a good changeup, so it was a nice mix in terms of their starting pitching. Uh, but, Jess, the Red Hawks uh, bounced back yesterday, put up 10 runs, so they've at least got a little momentum here as they head to Mizzou. Well, that lineup they got that's, uh, <clears throat> yesterday was more indicative of what they are capable of doing, I think. I think two things happened there. You know how many times you heard me say, it's when you play a team, uh, not that you're better than that team, but it's when you play them. They came to town when Southeast really wasn't playing good baseball, and they were not getting the key hits or their bats were not good. And this, and they are also then a better team than any of us thought. Uh, I give a lot of credit to them. They got a good nice ball club, and they got uh, top four hitters can match up with about anybody. And, um, so I, I think it's a combination of both those things. I think uh, if they, you know, like if you played them uh, in first of May, maybe Southeast sweeps them or takes three like that. So you know, but that, you know, give them credit. I mean, they came in there and played good baseball. I thought. Yeah, I told people that for that series that follows them in baseball. I said Simo might be able to win all four. At minimum, they'll win three out of four, like Eric said. But that's, you know, you guys say it all the time. That's not only baseball, that's just sports, but probably more just baseball in the series. And uh, at the end of the, you know, at the end of the year, you won't even hardly remember that series. It doesn't do a whole lot in the big scope of things. But, man, you're thinking, boy, you could really build, start building your record in that series after playing such a – I mean, they actually played so well at Dallas Baptist, you don't expect them to come through that much offensively against a team like that. Then they did come through offensively against Murray. A lot of it was wind-aided, but still, you actually thought Simo was playing pretty good ball other than a couple key hitters not hitting yet. And, man, they lose first three. That was kind of stunning. But like I say, in a, in a long college baseball season, the scope of things, it hurts now, but it won't mean a whole lot at the end of the year. All right, guys, uh, SEMO basketball, the men are on life support. The women are not quite on life support. Um, you know, they are one game behind Tennessee State for eighth, although Lindenwood has now caught the women in the standings. But the scenario for the men, Jess, this. They need to win their final two games at Moorhead Thursday, at Southern Indiana Saturday, and then they need Tennessee State and Southern Indiana to lose both of their games, and then SEMO would win a tiebreaker. It's going to be a tall order for the men. Not undoable, but uh, it's going to be awfully tough. Oh, you better believe it. It's a big enough order to say you've got to sweep out uh, the rest of the season. But then to have other teams that have to lose to, uh, for you to make it, it, I'd give their chances of making it uh, to number eight spot about 
no more than 20%. And 20%? I give them about a half a percent. Yeah, they're they're in bad shape for this year. That's I mean, one, that's the, one half of one percent. Not only is it going to be hard enough to win those two. Now Tennessee Tech will be underdog in both of their games. I think they're both on the road. Southern A.M. will be an underdog in one of their games. But then here's the killer: Southern Indiana hosts Lindenwood in one of their two games. This that's this Thursday, and. I mean, I don't know if you've been following Lindenwood scores, but they get crushed every game. I hate to keep harping on it, but probably the most embarrassing female basketball moment, and not moment in the last 10 years, is getting swept this year by Lindenwood. Lindenwood's probably going to finish 2-16 and 16 in the OVC with no close losses. And who'd they beat in those two games? That's still, I, I can't hardly put my mind around that. Is Kyle Gerdeman, you know, obviously we like Gerdeman. He was a former assistant here. He's a SEMO graduate. You think he's uh, in trouble at Lindenwood? Yeah, Ronnie Dean, our buddy, he, knows, he told me he's been on kind of a month-to-month contract. I think they barely brought him back last year. They slid into the tournament, you know, on the last day. I can't, I mean, I like Kyle a lot, but... He, he, their their program really wasn't very good in D2 before they made the move to D1 under him, you know. And, I mean, if they're serious about trying to do anything good, I don't know how you could bring a coach back. I mean, it, it, it'd be stunning. I, I hope he comes back because I like the guy. And he's young enough. He'll land on his feet. But, man, I don't know how you could bring a coach back after that kind of season. It's not they've been doing good. At least Coach Corn. people ask me all the time, you think Coach Corn is safe? I said, yeah, because they made the tournament. And I did tell people, if they wouldn't have had that stunning run and won the tournament, I'd say Coach Corn will definitely be on the hot seat this year. I'm just being honest about it. Now, the women, Marty, uh, the feather in their cap, if they can finish tied with Tennessee State, as long as it's not a three-way tie, because I don't know what the tiebreaker is, if it's Lindenwood, Tennessee State, and SEMO, but the good news is if they would finish in a tie with just Tennessee State, they have the tiebreaker on Tennessee State for the number eight spot. But the odds are, are going to be stacked against the the SEMO women as well. Yeah, if you said the men are on life support, the women are probably in intensive care, but, but not on life support. Tennessee State will be underdog in their last two games. Lennon would be underdog because they do the same run SEMO does. Now they play Southern Indiana and Moorhead, so they'll be the underdog. But SEMO's going to be the underdog, too. But I think if SEMO can somehow win one of these last two, and Moorhead, you know, they've had a tremendous season uh, considered they were picked way toward the bottom. You don't know if Southern Indiana is going to rest some players. Who knows? Probably not because they get that double buy, so you don't want to have your starters that rusty. So, But if SEMO, I think, can somehow find a way to win in one of those two, I think they would have a good chance to get in. All right, so you've got the uh, the basketball Thursday doubleheader Moorhead, and then Saturday afternoon they will be playing uh, at Southern Indiana. The baseball team will be hosting the Toledo Rockets in a four-game series, just like they did this past weekend. Single game Friday, doubleheader Saturday, single game on Sunday. The other baseball, the St. Louis Cardinals guys, 2-1. and one. Yesterday, um, you 
check out the 3 nothing win over the Houston Astros. It was a road game, so some of the big names did not travel. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. First of all, uh, Mason Wynn, Jess, 3 for 3, had a double stolen base and a phenomenal defensive play at shortstop. It is good for the young kid's confidence that he's gone out there and gotten off to a hot start with a bat. Oh, gosh, yes, it is. And, you know, I, it's not cut and dried that he's going to start the season with the Cardinals, I don't think. I think he needs to uh, have a decent spring. I don't think he needs to hit 320 or anything like that, but he needs to be competitive with his bats because the fielding is no problem. That, that's no problem. And I think, you know, the Cardinals would really like for him to have a good enough spring that they feel good about starting a shortstop season opener. Uh, but he's got so much talent, uh, gosh, who wouldn't be excited about having him on a ball club? Yeah, I agree with Jess. Uh, I think the Cardinals, you know, they're planning on him to be their shortstop. Something weird would happen to be happen in spring, like him being 0 for 30 or 40 or something, which obviously he had already had a good game. But, you know, according to the post, Every every level he's been moved up to, he struggles early, and then he figures it out. Last year when they moved him up to AAA, you guys probably know this, but he really struggled for a few weeks, and then he ended up doing good. So if that trend continues this year in the majors, he could have a decent season. You know, I was talking to Kerry Robinson over there at the SEMO basketball game the other night, and he did the winter uh, caravan with Mason Wynn. And I brought Mason Wynn up as a critical Cardinal in the lineup, you know, and he said, he smiled real big and he said, I think he's going to be a superstar. He said, I have never been this high on any young ball player. He said, he's got so much talent and he's got the right attitude. He said, he's very coachable. Everything, yes, sir, no, sir. He said, he's got a great future. And so you couldn't get much more higher praise than what Kerry, and I respect Kerry's opinion, and he's really high on it. And that's what so many fans forget because they want, you know, the success right away. How young a guy like him and Jordan Walker and those guys are. They're so young. I mean, it'd almost be stunning if they started out right away being great. You know what I mean? Right. At, at that age. One thing also to keep in mind with Mason Wynn, he's so young. You mentioned every time he moves up, Marty, that he struggles and then figures it out. At every level – He's been the youngest human on the roster because he's so young. So every time he's the youngest player, and then it takes him just a little while to figure things out. And at least to this point, he's always figured it out. Yeah, and like you say, Jeff, because of that kind of talent. And I heard, I've heard you guys talk about it before. But you know when they drafted him, they drafted him as possible pitcher, possible infielder. Because he was one of the highest-rated pitchers coming out of that draft, you know, as far as. So, I know, I think, I know Jess has mentioned it. In the next few years, if he just never hits in the majors, he'd be young enough where he could turn out being an exceptional pitcher. So, the Cardinals, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Marty. Cardinals draft, uh, I heard him talking about their draft. They draft for arm strength. In other words, the kid's playing third. They want if he's got the arm strength of a Mason Wynn playing shortstop. They may draft him as that position, knowing full well before they ever sign him that there's two chances for him to make it as a shortstop or a pitcher. And 
I'm sure you're right, Marty. They would put him on the mound uh, without a without a problem at all if he fails as a hitter. So the pitching highlights in the game yesterday, guys. Uh, Tink Hentz went two innings. He allowed one hit, four strikeouts in his two innings, and he was bringing gas. Now he walked three, but he only gave up one hit and did not allow an earned run. Uh, people are very high on Tink Hentz. That's a nice way for him to start his spring. Go ahead, Marty. Oh, go ahead, Jess. Uh, I, yeah, Tink well, was quite a prospect, but Jess, you talk about a little. You're, you know more about baseball than I do. <laughs> well, I don't think the Cardinals are planning on him this year. Um, but I think he could get as high as triple-A. I don't know where he's starting now, probably double-A. Because he was in A-ball last year, wasn't he? So he, he, they, each level you go up, they want you to at least be a real competitive. I've seen guys move up to triple-A, and they weren't really that good in double-A. But with his arm, he's going to move up pretty quick, I think, and the cards are really high on him. And uh, But I don't think you'll see him in the major leagues this year. So Drew Rahm pitched two hitless innings to start the game. Then they brought in prospect Gordon Graceffo. He threw two innings, one hit, did not give up a run. He struck out one. And it's not like the Astros guys had their B lineup in there. Altuve, Bregman, Tucker, Abreu, uh, Diaz, all of those guys were in the lineup yesterday so Gordon Graceffo got to face, and I realize it's early in spring training, but you got to think that would give him a lot of confidence to face those major leaguers uh, and pitch two scoreless innings. Go ahead, well, I totally Go ahead, Marty. You need to say no, something. No, you go ahead. <laughs> well, in a way, those pitchers, I, you can take it with a grain of salt, really, what they do. They start early, I think. Uh, Altuve and people like that maybe working on other things. Maybe they only bat once in the game and they're out. Uh, but I do think that Rom is the possibility to stick with the Cardinals. I don't know about Graceffo, but Rom showed a little bit last year in a couple of starts he made that he might be a guy that could hang on maybe in bullpen, maybe, you know, as a spot starter. I don't, I don't know what their plans are for him. He's been a starter, but, uh, you know, Cards are really big on bringing pitchers up and starting them out in the bullpen, get you know, get their feet wet, and so he. I think he would make the Cardinals as a reliever if he made the team, but I kind of like him last year if he get rid of that beard. <laughs> so the the news in Major League Baseball over the weekend, obviously, we're paying attention to what the Cardinals are doing, but. Uh, one of the Boris four, and those four are Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, and Cody Bellinger. And Cody Bellinger signs a three-year, $80 million deal to go back to the Cubs. Now, he makes $30 million this year, $30 million next year, and then $20 million the third year, but he has opt-outs after each of the first two years uh, Jess, your thoughts on the Cubs getting Cody Bellinger back. And I think this contract, it's interesting that Boris would agree to something like this. Uh, it gives him security should he have a down year or should he get hurt because he's guaranteed for three years 
unless he opts out. And then if he has a big year, he can opt out again. Remember, he's only 28. Uh, he could opt out and take another crack at free agency. I think this is a, this is a contract that really uh, benefits both sides because they've got a, a young prospect coming up as a first baseman, uh, the Cubs, and if he takes a big step forward this year, then maybe the, the Cubs wouldn't mind if Bellinger opted out after the season. I think it's an interesting contract. Your thoughts on Bellinger back to the Cubs? Well, I think it's a tremendous sign for the Cubs. I mean, this guy last year, in case people don't remember, at 20-something home runs, he also stole 20 bases. He's an excellent fielder. He hit over 300, I think, in 130 games. I think he hit 305 or something like that. It's nothing but a plus-plus for the Cubs, and I think it makes the Cubs from being a contender to being maybe the favorites in the Central Division. I th- I really like their lineup. I think Dan's be back second, and and then him coming in. Uh, they got Ian Happ figured as the third. I don't know about that, but uh, Bellinger clean up batter. Anytime he's trying to clean up batter, that's a Gold Glove type fielder, and also he scored ninety something runs. Joe in ninety something runs. That's nothing but a plus. Yeah. Also, I read too. You know because. Uh... Bellinger obviously was hoping to get, you know, one of those longer-term deals, and it didn't come through. Now, I, I read this morning that some people are speculating that since nobody's offered these guys in the long term, that maybe some of Boris's other guys might have to settle for the same summer kind of deal, you know, a shorter term, but with opt-out. So after a great year, you can, you know, try to hit it again, but maybe none of these guys will get those long-term deals that Boris usually gets. Right, right now, the name that is circulating around Blake Snell more than any other uh, is, at the moment, is uh, the Angels. So after losing Otani, apparently they're very interested in Blake Snell. We'll see if uh, that comes to fruition. We'll continue to follow it. We are uh, out of time here. What else, Marty? Well, I know you got to get the deck there, so we better cut it off. Right, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did, uh, you don't have a lot of time to spare, Eric. All right, Marty. We will. Uh, we'll see you this weekend at the ballpark. I'm guessing you'll probably show up for that Red Hawk uh, Toledo Rockets series. I'll be there some. I also want to hit Simo Tennis as our first two home matches this weekend. I always like to hit the tennis. They don't have that many home matches, though. But I'll swing by all that stuff, though. Yeah, it should be fun. I think it's supposed to be some good weather too. It's supposed to be good weather. We'll see you at the ballpark. All right, see you guys. All right, that's Marty Michaud. Jess, uh, hello to the uh, radiant and ravishing Dawn Sean. She just finished up uh, three 12-hour shifts Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So she's off for the next few days. A uh, chance for her to rest, and uh, she'll be going to the uh, Mizzou versus SEMO baseball game tomorrow. Uh, got a final nugget for us? Yeah, I want to say hi to my girls, as always, Texas and Columbia, Kim and Shell and and Neva here in town. I'm going to cook Neva's supper tonight, and uh, and we're going to have hamburger steak, mashed potatoes, corn, and maybe green beans, and dinner rolls. How's that sound? Sounds marvelous. Okay, how about this to get us off the air? The most wasted of days are the ones without laughter. Written by me. A JB special. Yeah. <laughs> Well, have a good trip down there, Eric, and uh, be probably be listening to your interview. 
Okay, and uh, this little programming note, we will be off tomorrow and Wednesday, but we'll be back in here, Jess, on Thursday for Thursday. Sports Auto will be here Thursday and Friday. We will talk to you then, Jess. All right. All right. That is the uh, Hall of Famer. Stay tuned. We've got Greeny coming up on SEMO ESPN, and don't forget, Coaches Show, 12 noon, Dexter. We'll talk it over with basketball coach Brad Korn. Stay tuned. Greenies next.